Entrepreneur on Fire 764. Limited woo-woo interruption here. Do what makes your heart sing. No matter what you think about what you're doing right now, eventually you will wear yourself out if it's not what you love. Eventually you will burn out and be done with it. Failures, aha moments, I've made it moments, and the lightning round, seven days a week. Join John Lee Dumas and today's Entrepreneur on Fire. Having experience these days is priceless. More than 900,000 design projects have passed through the doors at 99designs. That's expertise. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services free. Hiring? With ZipRecruiter, you can post to 50-plus job sites, including social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Post a free job at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Fire Nation in the house. John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our feature guest today, Scott Smith. Scott, are you prepared to ignite like a rocket ship ready to blast into space, my man. Let's go. <laughs> Scott was one of the first to enter the world of podcasting, hosting over 7,000 episodes since 2005. His Daily Boost podcast has over 4 million downloads and has remained in the top five of self-help since the beginning. Scott was also one of the first to build a full-time business around a podcast. Scott, I've given Fire Nation just a little insight. So share more about you personally than expound upon the biz. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me here, John, today. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, I am married to my wife, Joy, and she's my second wife. We've been married about seven years now after my first wife passed on a ways back. I have two kids. I have a, uh, a couple of stepkids. I I've got a, uh, a little grandchild uh, as well. He's about a year and a half old. So I'm probably the old guy around here, but that's all right. Got some wisdom <laughs> to share today. Um, I'm also a real lifestyle guy. You'll see that as you get to know me a little bit, that I just I just do not move from this. I work out of my home. I'm actually barefoot today in my studio in Florida. I ride a Harley. I fly small airplanes. I travel to my motorhome, which I just installed a mobile studio in so I could be where I want to be. Uh, I black belt, shoot guns. I'm a CrossFitter, the oldest living one in the state of Florida, I think. I love cowboy boots. And yes, today I'm sporting my flip-flops. So that's kind of the short story about who I am, but generally a guy who just really, truly believes that we can and should design our life and follow our own agendas. If we don't, somebody else is going to. So I say, why not us? <laughs> Scott, <laughs> keep on going, my friend. I'm loving this. All right. So business-wise, you know, I've been around for a while. You know, I kind of make fun of this. Uh, I, I've been doing podcasting since uh, the Stone Age, I think. Uh, I think it was kind of officially uh, announced, USA Today, Wall Street Journal, all those guys. They kind of accepted it in November of 2004, and I discovered it in January of 2005. So I jumped in back then. And it was kind of easy for me. Honestly, I had a background in radio and TV, advertising, marketing, direct sales. Uh, I've done a whole bunch of stuff. I've done documentary films. I've done over 250 infomercials, 10,000 plus commercials. I've owned ad agencies. I've done voiceover work. You've heard me on CNN, Fox, NBC, CNBC, all these places. I've done all that stuff. But in 2004, I found myself in this very odd place where I found myself unemployable. I just was tired of working for somebody else. In other words, they kept wanting to fire me because I kept wanting to tell them what to do. <laughs> so I decided I had to do it for myself. And I also found myself with a message I wanted to share. 
but I had no way of doing that. And that was, that was really, I don't know if you've ever been there. You just really want to get it out. But how, where, what do I do? You know, the hardest part is always deciding what to do. The easiest part is actually doing it once we know what we're going to do. And so that's when I stumbled upon podcasting on, on that day in January. I walked into my living room. I said, my wife, honey, I found it. It's called podcasting. She said, pod what? <laughs> I said, it's, it's like broadcasting, but with a pod or something like that, you know. <laughs> but but that led to coaching. That led to consulting. That led to a speaking business. And that led to – within six months' time, um, I was six figures in six months. It, it, it changed my life very, very quickly. That's, that's kind of a short story about how we got where we are today. Well, Scott, what I love about talking to other podcasters and broadcasters and just really public speakers in general is that you're able to say a lot very quickly, meaning you're really able to be succinct with what you're saying. I mean, Mark Twain, one of my favorite quotes from him was, I didn't have time to write you a, uh, a short letter, so I wrote you a long letter, basically meaning that it's a lot easier to write a long letter and just to blabber on about kind of nonsensical stuff than to really be specific and succinct and get really down to the point. And, you know, just in a couple minutes there, you know, you took us through your entire life. I mean, you've done this before. This is not your first rodeo. Typically, when I have people on my show, they're like, 764 shows? That's insane, John. And you've done over 7,000. So <laughs> let's put things in perspective here. 7,000. 1,316, actually. Oh, I, I love I, it. I just did the math on it. Yeah. That's <laughs> a lot. I think I, 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 think I passed the 10,000-hour rule. I think I do. <laughs> oh, definitely. And there's some other ways that we are actually brothers from another mother. I mean, here I am standing barefoot. I love CrossFit. But, you know, replace my Harley with a stand-up paddleboard right here in San Diego. That's <laughs> kind of my mode of transportation here. I'm actually rarely ever even in any kind of motorized vehicle. That's kind of the life I've created for me here. And, and I love it. But, Scott, what I love is the path that you've taken because you started podcasting a full five years before I even heard the word podcasting. <laughs> and, you know, here we are just uh, four years after I've heard of it, but 10 years after you started, um, you know, chatting on, on Entrepreneur Fire. So that's just really cool. And we're going to dive into your journey literally in a couple of minutes here, Scott, because you have some fascinating stories to share. But before we do, we always start with a success quote and why you chose this specific one. So take it away. Yeah, I'm not a big collector of quotes. I tend to live them. Um, certain ones live within me and I and I I watch for them. I think they pop out of all kinds of cool places. So the other day, I'm going to share two with you and uh, and I think you'll like them both. But w the other day, I was watching the movie Lone Survivor, the Marcus Luttrell story. And right in the middle of that movie, I heard them say, find an excuse to win. I mean, oh my God, that's me. That's me. And that's, that's my current one right now I love. I'll probably do a podcast on that as well because I find people always find excuses not to win, but rarely do they find one to win. So that resonates with me. Uh, Jim Rohn, a uh, motivational philosopher we yes. lost recently, a guy that I pay a lot of attention to, uh, pretty amazing guy. Um, he said, if you don't design your own life plan, chances are you'll fall into someone else's plan. And guess what they had planned for you? Not much. The way I say that is <laughs> if you get up early in the morning and you've got your life all figured out, you're going to get something done that day. But if you don't, the guy across town is going to say, hey, can you help me? And five years later, you're sitting in a cubicle helping him build his dream and not yours. So that one stays with me all the time. But find an excuse to win is one that's my, my, current, my current top one right now. 
Love that, Scott. Love both of them. In fact, I'm also a huge Jim Rohn proponent. He makes his way into every entrepreneur on fire interview. You'll see where, because uh, I never miss it. Um, but thanks for sharing those, Scott. It's just, it's really powerful to see not only someone that is listening for these quotes, but then living these quotes and then taking it to a podcast and sharing those messages. I'm looking forward to finding an excuse to win podcast on the daily boost. So Scott, Entrepreneur on Fire, it's unique in some ways. The major way that I really differentiate myself is that I hold people's feet to the fire when it comes to telling stories. I don't like the aerial kind of fail fast, fail forward type of mantras that we all like to spurt out. I like sharing real stories from real people. And you've had some great successes, Scott. You've had some great aha moments and light bulbs that have gone off in your journey. We're going to talk about both of those coming up. But we always start with a failure, Scott, with a time that you did something that just plain and simply didn't work. So, Scott, take us to that moment in time. Tell us the story of one of your failures and some lessons you learned. Hmm. My goodness. I'll tell you what. I had one uh, about a year and a half ago uh, that was well into my podcast journey, well into my my coaching, my consulting, my product development, my speaking, I decided to to, to speak from the stage, uh, something that, that I've done a, a quite a bit of. But I said, I'm going to be a fancy dancer keynote speaker. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to wow the audience, and I'm, I'm going to sell as well. I'm going to be a keynote platform speaker kind of guy is what we call it in the business. And so I sat down, and I spent almost seven months preparing this presentation. I went out to Las Vegas, and I was in front of about 200 people. And, and I got on that stage, and I, I had I had a $1,000 jacket on. I looked good, my man. I really did. <laughs> I had multimedia. I had the whole thing going, and I nailed this. As a producer, I knew how to do this thing. And I got up on that stage, and I nailed it. And, and I – and John, I got to tell you, I got a standing ovation. It was unbelievable. So and this is the first one I ever had in, in a big way, but I was also selling something from the stage. Now, a lot of guys will tell you that, you know, if you want a standing O, you can have one or the other, a standing O, or you can sell, but you can't have both. Well, I sold one product, one product. I was like, oh my God. Now, in the moment, I didn't care. But then the next day, my friend gets on stage, and he does an amazing presentation. He doesn't get a standing ovation, and he tells he sells 50 products at $2,000. Wow. I'm watching it from the stage, and I tell you, man, I, uh, I, oh, I left the room. I left the room. I, I walked down that hall, and I left the room, and I went up to the hotel room, and I, I stayed up there for about three hours. I remember taking my clothes off and getting in bed. I said, I'm done. That's it. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> And I'm laying there, and finally I said, okay, suck it up, bucko. <laughs> so, so I did, and I came back down. I, t- I pretended to be happy that day. And, and, the, and that night, about 3 in the morning, I said, what am I going to do with this thing? What am I going to do? I've got to make some lemonade out of these lemons I was given. You know, like you know, guy, Most people not call a standing ovation lemons, but I didn't get what I wanted. And so I grabbed my camera, and I grabbed my microphone, and I grabbed my tripod, and I went down there, and I stood in that lobby for the next eight hours, and I recorded continuous testimonials about my presentation the day before. People loved me. They raved about me. They didn't care I didn't sell anything. They just loved what I did. So I walked out there with about two hours of amazing stories about what people think about my presentation and insight to what I'm doing. So I turned it into a win, but the story gets a little better because about four months ago, I was asked to speak again. Well, this time I said, the heck with it. I'm going to do it my way. I didn't even know what to do. I just showed up. But I had my presentation, and the night before, everybody was having trouble. Tech problems. Nobody was selling anything. Nobody was getting standing ovations. I said, you know what? I'm going to disappear into my motorhome in the parking lot, 
I stayed out there eight hours. I redid everything. I showed up that morning. They put me in a bad room, and I said, okay, guys, you can trust me on this. We can either fix the room up. We can put some cool equipment in here. We can really work a little hard at this. I think it's going to go well, or we can just do the basic stuff. I showed up. I did my thing. I rocked that room. I got my standing ovation, and I sold my offer completely out at 100% capacity. <sighs> what a turnaround, man. And and that was <laughs> seven years into doing what I do. Yeah. So the lesson that I've learned is – um, once you get the requisite skill set, be yourself. Do it the way you do it. Forget what all the shiny objects, what anybody else says. This is how you should speak. Heck with that. Do it your own way. And I've done it since then, by the way, and it works every time. So you've obviously proved the mantra wrong, Scott, that you can either sell or get a standing ovation, mm-hmm. and you did, did yeah. both. But my question to that is, why did that mantra exist? Why was it in place? Can you kind of share what people's reasoning behind that was? Oh, because, well, yeah, it, basically, you hear this from all the speakers out there, and there are two kinds. Well, there's several kinds of speakers, but you have your keynote speaker who gets paid to speak, and then, of course, you have your platform sales speaker who gets paid to sell. You see this at a lot of a lot of internet and entrepreneurial type of events. We've all seen that. And essentially, once you get the momentum built to people moving toward the back of the room or placing an order from you, you don't want to break that momentum with anything. If you look at a keynote presentation, they always want to end it on like an emotional high and a takeaway. Well, that's great. But really, psychologically speaking, what ends up happening is that if you leave somebody in an emotional high and a takeaway, they're in la-la land. They're happy, happy. They're not thinking about getting their credit card out. So that's what it has always been. And and I just I just fundamentally disagreed with that. So when I did this last time, I came out and I just structured a very entertaining presentation, one that gave time to answer questions, to be transparent, to really get people to love me, and gave them a chance to participate in the sale. And I didn't push them quite too hard. I let them do it on their own. And then I wrapped it up with a bit of gratitude on the end and a nice little story that did make them feel good. But I had to give it time kind of to get through that sales right. process. By the way, I just will tell you this. I'm seeing a trend going in that direction these days. More and more people are doing it now. So, Scott, there's a lot of takeaways from your story. You know, the one that I kind of want to pull out for Fire Nation and really make sure that they're walking away with as far as a knowledge bomb is the reality that there are silver linings with every dark cloud. No matter how bad something might be, no matter how much of a failure or as little of your expectations are accomplished as you as you wanted, like you obviously wanted to sell more than one that didn't happen. You know, if you just go ahead and pout, if you're just, you know, Debbie Downer or Don Doolittle after that point, that's going to remain. But if you look for that silver lining and say, well, people loved my speech. What do people that love speeches, what are they willing to do? Even if they're not willing to buy this product now, well, they're probably willing to give testimonials because I, I moved them in some emotional way. And Maya Angelou has a great quote that people will remember what you say, what you do. They'll remember how you make them feel. And you made people feel amazing for that standing ovation. So you got those testimonials. What do you, Scott, want Fire Nation to walk away with? In just one sentence, Scott, what do you want Fire Nation to walk away with from this initial setback story in your life? I went in making it about me. And ultimately, it had to be about them. Mm -hmm. And I didn't mean to do it because I always think about the audience, but I had to make them the hero. And if you make them enough of a hero and build the value, they're going to buy from you. That's all there is to it. And I've learned this in a lot of different ways over the years. But what I find is we run into, into shiny uh, objects and, and, we, and you know, listen, we're all surrounded right. by marketers everywhere we go, right? right? And so no matter what we know, if you don't have your guard up, they're going to, oh, yeah, I'll try it that way. Listen, what I, – I <laughs> it's always like, well, what would Scott do? Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. What would Scott do or what would John do? What would Bill do? Ultimately – if you know your way around the, the space, what would you do? Do it your way. 
I learned this a long time ago. Hey, I have a really good story for you that's going to so inspire if you, if you I mean, I don't want to jump out of place here. But. <laughs> if this is going to inspire Scott, take it away, my friends. You know, when I started my business, John, um, I walked in there. We, this was back in the day where we didn't have John Lee Dumas teaching us with podcasts mm-hmm. here's Paradise. We didn't have that. Uh, we had to learn RSS feeds. We had to learn everything. It was a long, a long road. Oh, and yeah. WordPress, WordPress in 2005 was not pretty. No. <laughs> it wasn't. No. And I remember, you know, for about nine months working so hard at this thing. And I said, man, I'm, when am I, when am I going to get done? Because I'm still working full time. How am I going to get done? I'm working 90 hours a week. I'm wearing myself out. And, you know, gosh, I'm doing this darn thing for free. And and I, I knew I had to make money out of it. And that's when we decided to actually make our business a membership site and start with that, which took another nine months to figure it out, how to actually get that to work with a podcast, by the way. And people still ask that question. And I remember it happened. I got it going. And we figured out the technology. We said, great, we're going to launch on the first weekend of September, actually Labor Day weekend in 2006. We were going to make our first dime. And my daughter's working with me, and, and so we're working toward the launch. And then all of a sudden, I decided to move to Colorado because that was – listen, I'm a motivational guy. Let's move to Colorado, stay the winter, write a book while it snows outside, right? That's kind of what we're going to do. <laughs> we put the house up for sale, and it took a while to sell, and we're working our way through the summertime. We scheduled our launch date for September, and wouldn't you know it, we end up getting eight days' notice to move out of the house and to launch my podcast, my membership site, the same day. Now, it got a little complicated because my wife got sick and, and had not been feeling good all summer long, and, and she had had cancer about six years before, so we kind of watching what was going on here. But that very day on move-out day, it was a Saturday, Labor Day weekend, and I remember, man, I pulled in there. It was 9 o'clock in the morning, and we opened the site. Who knows why I opened a site on a Saturday morning? I have no idea these days. But we did that, and for 30 minutes, I opened up the site. I had 30 people give me $19.95, and I was cha-ching in business. <laughs> I then pulled out the plugs from everything. I threw it in the U-Haul truck and I started packing my house up. That's I figured I had enough to pay for the truck now. Well, that evening, I'm at my daughter's house in Gainesville, Florida. I'm giving her some furniture about 100 miles away. The phone rings. My wife, who hadn't been feeling good, stayed with her friend that night. And she says, Scott, I'm scared. I said, what? And she said, something's wrong. I'm going to call or have my friend call the paramedics. And she did. By the time I drove the 100 miles and got there, this very same day, Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter, died. You might remember that day. I do. He was very young, and I thought, man, too young to die. But then I walked down the hallway, and the same hallway I'd been down 25 times before with my kids breaking an arm or something silly like that. And I come around the corner, my wife is sitting there, and she looks at me, and, and she says, it got me. I knew what it was. The cancer had come back, and an ER doc told us it was terminal. We were going to lose her. So here I am moving out of my house. I just started my business. I'm essentially homeless, except I've got some money in the bank, right? We moved into La Quinta Inn. We moved over to the beach for about a week. I went to Costa Rica. We bounced around for 100 days. We finally settled down. We were in hospice and the whole thing. And exactly 100 days from the day that we got that terminal diagnosis, she passed away. Now, when we were at the beach, I was out there because I had a problem, my man. I, I was doing this podcast and people were paying attention to me and they were listening to me and and I didn't know if I could continue. And I was standing out on the deck of this beach and I said, is, is this some kind of test? I mean, it's not like I'm starting a lawn service. It's I'm actually motivating and inspiring people with the daily boost. Is this a test? And it's like it's like the scene. It's like it's like Morgan Freeman from the movie Bruce Almighty stepped into my body and said, yes, it is. <laughs> All right. So I, I recorded a weekly podcast and, and I learned a lesson then. And here's a lesson I learned. I learned that the episodic and serialized nature of a podcast is magic. magic. I learned that when you open up and you tell your story and you continue your story from last week to this week to next week, that people can't get enough. 
I learned you build engagement and people connect with you. And that's what they did. I, I, I couldn't fake it because it was real. I would go live my, live my life for the week. And then I would say, well, this is what happened. And here's how I dealt with it. And that's kind of what started our business. A hundred days later, she passed away, and uh, and I took a couple of weeks off. And on January first of two thousand six, I started recording my daily boost program every single day. I, I didn't do seven days a week; I did five days a week. So I cheated a little Slacker. bit. Slacker, no. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But at least I was there before you. Okay. Yeah, you are. And so I, I did that. And uh, and the good news is this: uh, the, to fast forward really fast, um, I just realized that you know what? It is all about storytelling. It's all about drawing people into the moment, and it's all about believing that you can just stand up and take a step and repeat to get to get what you want. And you may not know where you're going, but the path will take you someplace, and that's half the fun. You know, a couple of weeks later, I, I, I launched, relaunched my podcast. I got about 150 members. Then I met my new wife about eight weeks after that, and and six months later, I I, I really did a broad opening, and I got up to I got up to 500 members, paying me 20 bucks a month. So I was doing about 10 grand a month then, and and life. Life was back on track. So I, I share that story because very few people can see the day I started my business, my wife got a terminal diagnosis. Uh, she didn't make it, uh, but she lives here today. I certainly did make it, and we continue to thrive, and, and I will never stop back. And by the way, John, that's probably why I'm such a lifestyle guy these days. So you cannot get me out of that right now because right. I've lived it. I've lived it. So Scott, again, there's just so many value bombs you're dropping throughout this and, you know, a really heart-wrenching and touching story that I know is going to inspire Fire Nation because, guys, if Scott could do what he did, you know, during that incredibly difficult time in his life, you know, what minimal excuses are holding you back right now? And obviously some of them might be really legitimate and huge excuses, but should they still be holding you back? And I love, Scott, how you continue to bring it back to how you just can't make it about you, the individual. You need to make it about your audience. And that was my major struggle in life, Scott, is that I was chasing success for so long. You know, I went to law school thinking, okay, I'll make a lot of money as a lawyer. I went to corporate finance being like, okay, Wall Street, easy money. And then I went, you know, to commercial real estate to wear a suit and a tie and to like sell big buildings. And I burned out of all of those careers because I was making it about me. But when I turned that around and made it about just providing value with Entrepreneur on Fire, you know, everything changed. Everything changed. And there's an Albert Einstein quote I love pointing to, which is, try not to become a person of success, but rather become a person of value. When I started becoming that person of value first and foremost, Scott, everything changed. So let's bring things to present time, Scott, and talk about you today, because you have a lot of really cool things going on. But if you could share with our audience, Fire Nation, the one thing that has you most fired up, what would that be? I think we were talking about it before we actually got on, not to take an inside conversation inside, but you know, <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited about podcasting where it is right now. Ooh, let's uh, talk. Yeah, I am, because, because having been there on the cutting edge, I mean the bleeding edge, I mean the ridiculously let's make it up and be rookie kind of edge and see if we can figure this out edge. Um, dude, we've seen it. We've seen it up and down. We've seen the jokes. We've seen uh, people don't even want to call it a podcast. And as a guy with a broadcast background, like, yeah, what's a podcast? You know, listen, all my radio guys are asking me how to do this now because they're all running out of jobs. I see what's <laughs> happening out there. And I see this this whole convergence of all this media. I see it going to the car. I, I see the ability to get our messages out in a way uh, that maybe we could never have done before. I see major, major companies, major ad dollars, so much coming into the space right now, and people are so excited about it. And uh, man, it's it's got me so fired up. And I still love doing the motivational work that I do because it just it absolutely allows me to to message 
what I'm saying out to the folks that I'm working with in such a such a very clean and convenient way. So in my view, this is what's got me incredibly excited. I think we are in the next three to five years. Watch out. It's going to be a rocket ship. So what's your plan from within that, Scott? Like excited about podcasting, like seeing where the future is going. Like we talked about how it's going in the dashboard of cars. You know, now it's a native app on all iPhones and, you know, Android's making some big investments with Android Auto and just, you just know that next big app's coming out. Stitcher Radio was just purchased. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of crazy things going on. Like, where do you fit in all of this? Like, are you going to stay the course or do you have some cool things coming up? <laughs> yeah, but I, get out of the way. Let it happen. Uh, you know what? It's here's the thing. Um, there, I, I, this is what I'm going to be doing with it. I think you could take the stage of trying to build a huge audience, like you've done so effectively. But that's kind of hard to do. I mean, it's it, not everybody's going to pull that off. And that's just not for your case. It's for every single industry out there. Um, I've got a really good audience. We're growing like crazy on the daily boost right now. But but I understand, as always with any online, in fact, any venture, it's all about adding value. And I can only add so much value in a short podcast online. Even if I do it every single day, there's only so much I can do for it. So if I'm really wanting to help people, in fact, uh, you know, really maximize my success, I have to take it off the podcast and into my business. So this is what I've done from day one. I mean, we started this. I built my business by offering a product first. I, right. I built I built something called Start Moving, Stay Moving, which was a weight loss product, and I put it in my membership site. And I said, hey, you can have this if you join my membership site. I think that's the future. I think the future is people who are actually taking what they're doing with their podcast and saying, hey, if you like me, and then giving a path to move it off. I think that's where, I think that's where it's going to happen uh, because it's going to be so niched. There's going to be very few huge players out there that are going to get, going to get the big audience. Um, so that's one thing I'm focusing on. The other thing I'm focusing on is I really kind of want to, I've always had this dream of mainstreaming motivation a little bit more and make it not so cheesy and make it more real, more like you're listening to a regular radio show. And if you listen to my daily boost, you'll see I'm beginning to take it that direction. And it's been received really well. Uh, just kind of a real life guy talking in real type words. I'm looking forward to growing that as well, just to grow a larger audience over there. So, Scott, I couldn't really agree with you more about, you know, where the quote unquote dollars are in podcasting. And, you know, one thing that's really um, pretty interesting and people have access to are our income reports, Entrepreneur on Fire's income reports. And if you look at those, Fire Nation, and you study those, we've now done over 14 of them and we continue to add, add to it every single month. You'll see the evolution of how our business has grown. You know, it started, Scott, with sponsorships being a big big percentage, a big revenue percentage of our overall income. But as we've continued to grow as a business, that has become a smaller and smaller percentage. That numbers continue to grow. Like just last month, we did $60,000 in sponsorship revenue alone, but that became a much smaller piece of the pie where products and services that we're creating, Podcasters Paradise, Webinar on Fire, those are where we're generating 70, 75% of our monthly revenue because that is where you can really just level up. That's where you can scale. That's where you can leverage. You know, I'm never going to have more than two sponsors per show. That that's only scalable and growable as far as my audience grows. But with products and services, if you hit it right, like we did with Podcasters Paradise, you know, that the sky's the limit. We've done over $1.3 million in sales for Podcasters Paradise 
in just 12 months. You know, that's 1,500 members that we now have in Paradise, and that number's growing by 150 to 200 members every single month because we hit that right. Now it's just a matter of leveraging down, and how do you do that? And with us, Scott, you know, we leverage down by doing these free podcast workshops every single week, and every other week we do them for Webinar on Fire. How are you leveraging your products and your services that you're creating through your podcast? Well, I do exactly the same thing you do. Uh, one of the things that, that, that we learned a long time ago, and it's something that I, I kind of coined the, the term crossing to funnel. And what that means is that on a podcast, we don't have a hot link. We don't have right. any real way for anybody to kind of connect with us right away. So we have to cross them to our funnel. We've got to get them in where they can actually, you know, frankly, do business with us. And what you do is you cross them into your, your webinar. Uh, I cross them into a, a download I give them. This is standard Internet Marketing 101 best practice. That's it. Now, one thing that I see in terms of podcasting right now is people are uh, – and ads and sponsorships are fantastic. But I see a whole lot of selling on a podcast. It's absolutely my belief that a podcast is not a selling environment. It's not where you do it. It's a connecting environment. It's a, it's a community environment. It's a teaching environment. But as people get interest in you and as they build rapport in you, you need to cross them to your funnel, give them a little more value, pump them up a little more like you do with your webinar. And then after that, you show them how they can get even more and they step in. What we're talking about here is a funnel that takes them from kind of a kind of a lead into maybe a tripwire offer where it's kind of low barrier to entry, moves them into the kind of a monthly membership site. Then, then I think uh, uh, your product would be like a do-it-yourself kind of thing, you know, a, a kind of a how-to course, and then maybe a maybe we'll do it with you kind of course, and then maybe a, what they call a, a deep dive where you charge a lot for a day, and then all right to masterminding and anywhere in between. So this is a standard internet marketing funnel that I think a lot of people who get into the world of podcasting forget. That this thing works. And by the way, let me pull back a little bit. This is not internet marketing. This is direct sales, direct marketing. It goes back to the beginning of time. This is how it's done. Get somebody's awareness, get their attention, build their interest, their desire, pull them into action, and you move them right into your business. If you want the biggest money in the world with your podcast, take them. Don't sell them on your podcast. Move them into a product line after the fact and then leverage the heck out of that. And that's John, that's exactly what we do on, on all fronts. We, we literally bring up because I have three podcasts, the Daily Boost, the Fitness Boost, and the Business Boost. Each one's only nine minutes. Each one's a very different audience, and each one has its own place to bring them in and, and its own uh, its own funnel and an ascension model to take them, those who want to go, where, where they want to go. Crossing the funnel. Love that phrase, Scott. If you don't mind, I might borrow that. Attributing you as much as possible, of course. And, awesomeness. Awesomeness. And, and Scott, we are about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Are you looking to grow your team, maximize your time, and start putting systems in place that will help you run your business most efficiently? I know firsthand that growing a team isn't easy, especially when everyone's seeking out the best candidates. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 50-plus job sites, including Craigslist and social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. With an interface that's easy to use and that tracks all of your job posts and all of your candidates, you'll be growing your team in no time. Plus, it's easy to find your best candidates because ZipRecruiter.com will automatically highlight them for you. Try ZipRecruiter to find out why they've been used by over 200,000 businesses. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Again, try ZipRecruiter for free. You must go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. 
Need a quality design but worried about the cost? One of the easiest ways for your design budget to spiral out of control is to start your project without a clear direction. This leads to you and your designer continuously spinning your wheels, frustrated but hoping eventually you'll land on a design that you like. 99designs has helped thousands of businesses around the world get designs that communicate their unique brands. It doesn't matter if you're running a contest with several designers or collaborating with just one. Crafting a thoughtful brief is always the first step to getting a great design. And at 99designs, it's super simple. All you need to do is fill in their online brief form. So what is it that you need? Boost your brand's visibility with a t-shirt or drive more traffic with a sleek new banner ad or landing page. Project started just $199 and your happiness is always 100% guaranteed. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services for free. 99designs.com slash fire. Fire. Scott, welcome to the lightning rounds where you get to share incredible resources and mind blowing answers. Sound like a plan? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> hey, listen, I, I have no idea, but listen, I'll make it up so well you won't know. So <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Fear of going all in, man. Fear of going all in. I thought it would be scary and difficult. That's what I thought. And in working with people all over the world, that's what they always say. And I said, listen, is it going to be any harder or more scary or more difficult than working for somebody else? <laughs> that's scary. I mean, being an entrepreneur is freedom. And I remember back in the day, the last job I – well, let's put it the way it was. The last job I quit, um, it, and that was just the one right after the last one I got fired from. But the last job I quit, I remember sitting down and saying, guy, I don't understand how you can sit behind this desk and wait for somebody to determine your destiny. All I have to do is walk out this door and knock on a door, add some value, and I can get paid. I'll see you. And that was 14 years ago. So the fear of going all in is what held me back. And boy, am I glad I'm all in right now. All in, baby. Scott, what's the best advice you've ever received? My mother-in-law gave me some really good advice. She said, get your butt out the door. Don't come back till you got a job. <laughs> um, that kind of became stand up, take a step, repeat. Create the dream that you really want to have. Why the heck would you stop before you really went for that? I mean, why would you stop? Because it was hard. So I always do that. I, I always think back to that, that, okay, when things aren't going well, and listen, all of us sit down and pout some days. All of us get out of bed with too much to do. We're like, oh, man, I, 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 could, ha I could have a bunch of money in the bank and all the business I could ever think of having and all the great friends, I, and still I think I've got it hard. Really? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> so that's it. You stand up. You take a step. You just keep going until you get what you want. And one last thing I learned from the movie Roadhouse from Patrick Swayze, always be nice. Mm-hmm. Until it's time not to be nice. Always yeah. be nice. Scott, be nice. share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. I do always ask, what would Scott do? I think in, in the end, we have to trust our wisdom a little bit. So I, I, that's, a, that's a daily occurrence for me. Um, I'm very consistent. And, and I think one thing I've really, really here learned, a personal habit to success, is that I say yes a lot, but I say no more. I say no a lot more than I say yes. But I like to keep the doors open. But once I know what's there, I'll say no quite a bit. So uh, I think that's probably the one that keeps me on track the most. I love that. And you know, my kind of opinion on that too is it's kind of a pendulum that swings. When you first start out as an entrepreneur and you're really needing and looking and trying to build momentum, that big MO, 
yes, you might need to say yes to a lot of things. Like you may need to to go do that speaking engagement in Nebraska. Like you may need to say yes to a lot of podcast interviews and people are reaching out to you. But then as you do build that momentum and really start to stake your place in this world, that pendulum needs to swing. And I'll say for me, Scott, it swung to the entire other side now where I love that Derek Sivers quote and I do follow it religiously. If it's not a heck yes, it's a no. And mm-hmm. that's just where I'm at right now because I have a lot on my plate. I have a lot of projects that I know can be huge and really impact a lot of people positively if I have the time to do that. And I have to make sure that what I'm saying yes to is an absolutely heck yes. Scott, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you can share with our listeners? The one I live in and breathe by these days is Asana. A-S-A-N-A dot com. It's a kind of a light project management software. Um, I use it for the folks I work with, uh, my, my staff and, and any, any virtual folks I have around. Uh, allows me to basically eliminate email. And, uh, and with an app, I can kind of see what's going on with my project. So I find that to be very, very helpful. And uh, one other one I've been using for about the past two months because I, I found myself um, wanting to get out of the office a little bit and get, well, get out of the house <laughs> and go out and enjoy myself and do something fun. But I was checking my email all day long. And so I picked up a, a, a service called AwayFind, awayfind.com, I believe. And it allows me essentially to enter the email addresses of people that I want to contact me, and it sends me an SMS on my phone. Um, and so I can go all day long, and uh, if I'm expecting an email from you, I would have put it on the list, and, uh, and the list takes a couple days to get it right. But before you know it, you find yourself within minutes not checking your email at all. You just, wow. you just wait. And it, I, that has saved me and allowed me just to enjoy my day. Now, quick question. Does it have to come in the form of a text or can it actually come like maybe in like a priority inbox as well? Is that an option? Yeah, yeah whatever you want. You, yeah, you can set it up either way. Oh, cool. You can also have it queued for keywords and for uh, urgent messages and things like that or, or from domains or whatever you want to do. Um, oh, I find that I just uh, – it, it took me about – just three or four days, and I had pretty much everybody. It took all my clients, everybody that I thought, I put it in there. Um, and sometimes I'll have it just set as a as a notification on my iPhone instead of an SMS, and just have uh, just let me know. Beautiful. Um, that's a uh, man. You can lay by the pool, <laughs> drink a beer, and read a book with that one. I love it, Scott. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be, and why? Well, I thought about this. Um, I heard one of your shows recently, and I heard that. I said, what would I say? And I realized, well, one of them that I would say is the one that a lot of people say, probably the most popular for you, I would imagine, for our work week. I read that years ago. But you know the one that I keep going back to year after year after year? The E-Myth. Yeah. Michael Gerber. I go back to it constantly because, again, it grounds me in structure. It grounds me in what I'm supposed to be doing. Because it's so easy for an entrepreneur you know, to, to want to be a plumber, and, and instead of being a plumber, he's doing books all day. And so it grounds me in the structure and knowing what I'm here for, what my business is supposed to be about. And I read it, uh, I would guess every year or two, I probably pick that book up. Well, Fire Nation loves audio. So Fire Nation, if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook like either one of these for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Scott, this next question's the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I have to start by asking a question. Does everybody have a laptop and $500? Yes. Okay, good. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So we can start an internet business if we want to. More importantly, they have $500 
which means they can afford me now. Now, my rate's probably <laughs> going to be a little bit less, right? So here's what I would do. This is what I always advise my clients to do. And in fact, if you're going to do a podcast and maybe the coaching kind of podcast, if that's your business, not everybody's going to do that. But you know, one of the easiest places to make high dollar right away is as a consultant or a coach. That's low-hanging fruit. It comes real fast and real easy for you. So I always say go for the low-hanging fruit. Find somebody who wants to buy your knowledge for you from you. Now, that's what I would do. I would go try to do that. If I didn't do that, I would take my pressure washer and I would go ask somebody, hey, your house is dirty. Because here's the thing. We've said already, you just need to add value. There is somebody out there right now. He could be next door. He could be across town. He's not necessarily even on the internet. He's someplace and he's thinking, man, I got a problem. Man, I need this done. It's costing me money. It's got to be done tomorrow. And if you can find a lot of those people, you can make a lot of money. So if you will just imagine this in your head, and this is what I would do. I would say, who's out there that right now has a check in his hand and wants to give it to me if I will do what he needs done? I bet you I could be making money in an hour with that attitude. And that's exactly what I would do. Love that, Scott. Love the focus. Love the determination. And let's end today literally on fire. With you sharing just one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, then we'll say goodbye. Okay, limited woo-woo interruption here. Um, (laughs) We want to go, we want to keep it simple. That's the first thing. I like simple, simple works, lose the drama, keep it simple. Hard to do that on the internet, but try to do that. But, but, But really... You know, we talked about my wife a little bit earlier on, and, and my wife really was a very wise woman. And and when she uh, when she left us just before she left, uh, she she made she made me make one promise to her, and only one, and that was it. And she wanted to know a few things like what else was I going to do, but she wanted one promise. She said, "Do what makes your heart sing." And you'll see that's a constant in my life. And and I will tell you this, that no matter what you think about what you're doing right now, eventually you will wear yourself out if it's not what you love. Eventually you will burn out and be done with it. Even if you have to make money, even if you don't think you can pull it off, even if you think you have no skills in the area, in the end, you have to say, what makes my heart sing? You're going to work harder than you ever have worked in your whole life because now you're going to work all day long and love every second of it. And if you focus on doing what makes your heart sing and tie to that and making some money out of it you can really change your life. And I do it every single day and that's what I encourage everybody to do. Do what makes your heart sing. And Scott, just a real quick side note, like if there's people that are listening right now and they're like, well, I honestly can't say that I know of anything that makes my heart sing. Like what are some ways they can start to look for that? I think most people don't know. Um, I think it's difficult. Uh, some, and, and I think a lot of people forget. So my best advice is, uh, you know, if you don't, it's kind of like your purpose in life, kind of, you know, if you don't know your purpose in life, your purpose is to find your purpose. That's it. Don't freak out. Get out of bed and explore the possibility. Kick the tires. Don't commit to anything. Check it out a little bit. Listen to a podcast. Go read a book. Try something new. Just see if you like it. And I'll tell you what. If you don't like it now, you're not going to like it five years from now. It drives me crazy, man. People set a goal. And I'm working so hard. I hate what I'm doing. But when I get there, it'll be worth it. It won't. It'll be the same. <laughs> it, it, it will. And, and if you're good at it, oh, my God, then you have to do it even more. So make sure that – Today, even if you're completely lost, I know that you might be. So instead of sitting down and saying, I've got to figure it out, I've got to figure it out. No, you don't have to figure it out. Life is good the way it is. You're here for a reason. You put yourself here in this position, maybe good decisions, maybe bad decisions. I don't know. But I know everyone can be updated and changed if you just free yourself to say, okay, um, uh, I, I, let me leave you with one. This, okay. this, is a great, this is a great 
neuro-linguistic programming question. I think it came from the original NLP textbook. And I will ask this to clients all the time. When they say, I'll ask them a question, what do you want to do? And they go, I don't know. Well, I know they do. They just don't know. And I say, I know you don't know. But if you did, what would it be? So I acknowledge that they don't know. That's cool. I kind of ignite that, 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 that creativity by saying, but if you did, what would it be? I ask a question. So now that I've acknowledged you don't know, I open up that, that, that subconscious mind by saying, you know, but imagine, or I know you don't, but if you did, what would it be? As soon as I say, what would you be? The subconscious mind says, oh, I'm being asked a question. I must give an answer. And John, try it sometime when you get the chance. Okay. You'll, you will laugh because the person sitting across from you, I mean, Siri, don't snicker on this. Promise me you won't snicker. <laughs> when you ask that question, watch as they sit back, they look up in the sky as if they're looking for some answer and they look at you and they start talking for the next two minutes and tell you exactly what they didn't know a minute ago. Promise you. Wow. Yeah, powerful stuff. It works every time. Scott, what is the best way we can connect with you? Well, I'm always at motivationtomove.com. And you know, one thing we're doing, John, is we, uh, we've taken one of our podcasts. The, the Daily Boost has been Monday for years. And for the past month, we've gone out uh, free on iTunes every single day of the week. And it's been kind of fun. I tell you what, man, I've, I have loved some of the new energy coming from all the new folks finding us. And so we're still there. And it's very likely I'm going to continue for a bit longer, kind of a doing a little test right now. You and I have talked about that just a bit. And uh, so if you would like to see what I do, go to iTunes, search The Daily Boost. You're going to find some really fun programming. It's only nine minutes long so you can fit it into your day it's not like these long programs where you get guys like i do that talk forever um <laughs> but it is a short program you can find me there or always at motivation boom well fire nation you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with and you have been hanging out with scott and myself today so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com type scott in the search bar his show notes page will pop right up with all the resources that we've mentioned scott thank you for sharing your journey with fire nation today and for that we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side thanks for having me john take care Fire Nation, do you have a message to share with the world? Join Kate and I on our free podcast workshop and we'll show you the way. Text PARADISE to 38470 to claim your spot today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 